Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this installment of this series, The Portal Into His Presence. And today we're going to be talking some more about how God created planet Earth, how planet Earth could have and should have worked, and probably how it did work up until the fall of man. You know, one of the interesting things that we understand is this. The only accurate historical account of planet Earth is what we know after sin entered the world through man. We don't know what planet Earth, we don't know even how the universe functioned prior to that time. Now, we're calling this message Made for Miracles because I want you to understand something. I want you to open your heart and mind to miracles. I want you to start thinking about miracles in a different way. Religion has always made us think that miracles are something that are hard, you know, I have been in meetings, I'm sure you have too, where people felt like the louder they prayed, the more they hollered and shouted and grunted and carried on, uh, the more they would move God to, to come in and, and create a miracle. Well, all of that is just religious dead works. Anything that we do that we think is going to cause God to respond to us means that we are denying his, his sovereignty because sovereignty doesn't mean God can do anything he wants. Sovereignty doesn't mean God is in control of everything. Sovereignty means that God is not acted upon by outside sources who make him do what they want done. So in his sovereignty, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the experiential knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means that faith is not about getting God to do something. Faith is about believing what God has, in fact, already done and what God has, in fact, promised to us. And so faith is really about entering into this place of rest, not into this place of turmoil, this place of pressure where we're trying to make the miraculous happen. Now, when the universe was originally created, you have to remember something. You know, the Luciferian religionists actually uh, point to the way planet Earth is right now with wars and disease and destruction, and then they blame all of that on God. He's the creator, you know, and he's in control of everything, which he's not, but that's what they're going to say. Religion is always going to say God is in control. And so when inexplicable things happen, when horrible things happen, when wicked things happen, it's like, well, if God's so good, why does he let these things happen? Because since he's in control, he could do something about this. Well, the truth is God's not in control. You know, the, the second pillar of faith is how God created man and the fact that God gave man dominion or authority over planet Earth. Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, uh, made it clear that we didn't need to be begging God to do all of these things. As a matter of fact, he told us not to. Most of the ways that we are taught to pray um, is exactly the opposite of how Jesus taught us to pray, doing the very things that Jesus said, don't waste your time doing these kinds of things. 
And so, but Jesus always taught us to pray with authority, where we take authority. That's what binding and loosing is. That's what the kingdom, keys of the kingdom are all about, is about us taking our authority because God created us to have authority in planet Earth. So if planet Earth is wicked, it's wicked because we let it become wicked. If planet, planet Earth is corrupt and horrible and whatever it is, it's because we have allowed it to be so, or we have desirably made it to be so, the wicked have, so that they could control the resources of planet Earth, gain the wealth, dominate, have all the power, and, and, and all that kind of nonsense. There's even people that believe that the tribulation is going to be where God gets so sick of the world that he, that he unleashes the Antichrist on us. And that's going to make a lot of people hate God. And that's going to have a lot to do with the great falling away when people begin to blame God for the tribulation. Tribulation doesn't come because God allows it. Tribulation comes not only because the human race allows it, but because we, in fact, nurture it. We move into iniquity and lawlessness, and we actually depart from the word of God, and, and we create the platform. We create the pathway where the Antichrist will rise to power, and we're the ones that are giving him power. It's not God. We're the ones that are giving him authority. It is not God. It is the human race because we are the ones who have authority over planet Earth. So, you know, it's really interesting what little we do know about the original universe and the original conditions here on planet Earth. There have been some scientists. Uh, I read about this uh, several years ago, and I don't remember. It was one of the it was one of the organizations that you know that believe in biblical creation. They're always doing research about biblical creation. And one of the things they did is they, they took something uh, that would have been uh, very similar, similar to uh, one of these barometric pressure chambers, and they, as much as they could calculate it from the biblical uh, model, they, they created an atmospheric pressure within this barometric chamber and started doing experiments. And one of the interesting experiments that they did is, I believe they used a copperhead, which those of you that are from the Southeast, you know what a copperhead is, because we have plenty of them here. Copperheads are, are a venomous snake. They are part of the pit viper family. And they put a, a copperhead in this, in, and they simulated as much as they could about the atmospheric pressures, uh, the humidity, the barometric pressure, the magnetic field, and all that kind of stuff to duplicate what the earth might have been like before sin entered planet earth. And so what was interesting, after a period of time, the, these venomous snakes, their, their venom was no longer deadly. It was no longer poisonous. And all of that wasn't because God created them to be poisonous. It was because when the earth changed after sin came in, it actually altered everything about how the earth functions. It altered everything about how the animals function. And so, and so, you know, the Bible tells Adam, the Bible really doesn't say, you know, uh, in the original language that God cursed the earth. It says, because of you, speaking to Adam, the ground or the earth is now cursed. In other words, when, when, the, when the individual who had authority over all of planet earth changed, Everything over which he had authority changed. Now, what little we know about uh, 
and most of it's really assumption because we don't know for sure. And I'll always laugh. First of all, I laugh at these people who, who live by the old earth theory because it cannot be proven, but they state it as if it is proven fact. But the thing is, even if, you, even if the old earth theory was true, the real truth is there was no one other than God observing the universe prior to him creating man. And we have no record of the universe and how it functioned until after man brought sin into the world. And so everything changed. Now, one of the things that we, that we do know, it's really interesting that a 13th century uh, philosopher, theologian by the name of Mamades, or as his sometimes called Rambam, uh, actually discovered through the scripture that the universe has at least 10 dimensions. Now, you can go onto YouTube and, and you can look up about a 15 minute video that, that to some degree gives you a reasonable explanation of the multiple dimensional universe. Now, people can explain to us the multiple dimensional universe, but the real truth is uh, that we can't really comprehend that as of yet. Uh, we can we can recite it, we can say what we know about it, but we can't truly comprehend it, and we can't truly experience. Now, Amadeus, uh, he actually said that when man sinned, when, when when man's nature changed, that it caused a fracture in the universe, and man lost the capability to observe, perceive, and participate in six of the dimensions of the universe, and man only had the capabilities now to perceive, to understand, and to function in four of, of the dimensions of the universe. Now, as we were originally created, it is my uh, theological belief that not only was man designed to have authority over the universe, but man was designed to have authority over the universe the same way that God was, other than the fact that we can't create something from nothing, but we can influence those things that exist, and we can do things that the Bible would really call miracles, which is really just a demonstration of power, and we could actually work miracles just because of the way the universe was created to be interactive with us. In other words, the universe was made for the miraculous. It was made to facilitate man being able to exercise authority over all 10 dimensions of the universe. And when you start thinking about entering into uh, another dimension of the universe, probably the, the one that we can get the closest to understanding is if we, if we gain superiority over time and space. And you know, the time-space continuum is always connected because time and space are interlinked. And as space changes, time changes. Time changes, space changes. You can't separate time and space uh, as far as we understand scientifically uh, right at this moment. Which, by the way, when you start thinking about uh, uh, um, determining the age of a fossil or of a rock or something like that, one of the problems is we know that our universe has been constantly expanding. So we know that if our universe has been expanding, then time has been expanding. 
if time has been expanding, it is absolutely impossible to, to measure something today uh, that would go back over a few thousand years and actually be accurate because the universe, the space, the size of the universe has changed. Therefore, time has changed. And man, I'm telling you what, that gets, that gets into something that is just almost beyond comprehension there to, to look at that and realize that. In fact, uh, one of the best books I ever read about uh, understanding the six-day creation uh, was written by um, Jeff Schroeder, I believe is his name. He's an MIT professor. This research is on the sh bookshelves at MIT explaining how that, that one of the reasons we might look at the world and, uh, uh, or the universe and see it as millions and millions of years old is because the universe has been constantly expanding. Therefore, time has been expanding. And uh, in, in my book, Apocalypse, I'll talk about the mathematical formula that he used to, uh, to discover this and to explain this. And actually, based on what we understand about the expansion of the universe, we realize that if you were standing uh, on planet Earth, back during the six days of creation, looking forward uh, to this point, the, 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 the earth would only be between five and 6,000 years old. But if you're standing here looking back after the universe has changed, over time has changed, then, then it would appear or measure to be millions of years old. And you discover that the mathematical calculations that were done based on the expansion of the universe reveal that, that the earth was created in six days in the exact sequence and time that the Bible explains it. But see, really, all of these people that are always screaming, follow the science, follow the science, they don't want to follow the science. They want to make up their own science. They want to make you believe their science. They want to turn your heart and your faith against God, and they want to exalt themselves and their foolish knowledge above that of the creator. So anyhow, think about these 10 dimensions. Now, this is just, I'm not going to go very far in this because I just think I would be so inadequate at, at, at explaining this. But again, you can go on YouTube. There's a short 15-minute video where you can just look up the 10-dimensional universe and you can see some incredible uh, explanations for how this works. But one of the concepts or one of the theories is that to any degree that we develop ourselves, you know, it's really interesting that the transformation that God wants to take place in our life, religion has says, this is making a change. This is doing something that's hard. This is, you know, this is sweat, doing it by the sweat of your brow. But God, that's not how God does it. God says, by being in a relationship with him and perceiving him as he really is, we will be transformed into that which we perceive about him. Therefore, transformation should be the easiest thing in the world. It should be easy. It should be painless. It should be permanent. It should be something that's joyful. It should be something that's positive. But instead, religious doesn't, religion doesn't use the word transformation as much as they use the word change. Change is hard. Change comes about by effort. Change comes about by your strength, by your power. Transformation comes about by the supernatural working of God in and through you. So if we, or you might even say when we come to realize who we really are and 
or even in situations where God speaks to us. And I believe the days will be coming very soon where people will actually uh, transport to different parts of the world, taking the gospel, ministering to people and helping people, and it will be a supernatural event. Now, see, when we think about, about transporting, uh, we think about, uh, for example, like in the rapture, we think about, okay, I'm here on planet Earth. I'm walking around minding my business. Jesus calls for me to go meet him in the air. And then I blast off like a rocket. Well, in reality, that, that's really not how I think the Bible presents being transported, because that is really just moving through space at a different speed. So you're really not dominating uh, and overcoming the limits of time and space. In reality of it is, you know, consider this hand right here, my left hand, you're here on planet Earth. Jesus is here in the heavens, and he calls you to meet him. We are not going to take off like a rocket and fly up to meet him. We are going to be here, and then we're just going to be here. There, there will be no traveling of distance, because when we enter into a dimension, one of these dimensions that supersedes time, then the real truth is time, time and space is no longer a factor. We move around the world, however we choose to, we move around the universe, however we choose to, and we don't do it through the typical ways that, you know, that we would understand or that would fit into our finite understanding. So God created the world, and originally in this, in, in this 10-dimensional world, we actually uh, were designed to be able to function in all of these dimensions because we were created in the likeness and the image of God. And so we really didn't have to yield to or succumb to uh, some of the laws of time and space and gravity and, and uh, all, of the, all of these other factors. So, so the miraculous was the way that we were designed. It was really interesting. When you read what scientists say about the multidimensional universe, uh, they also say that this is where we enter into a realm where it says all things are possible. And they're not quoting that because it's in the Bible. They're quoting that purely from a scientific perspective based on uh, their understanding of overcoming the limitations of each dimension. Now, you know, Jesus was very probably an 11-dimensional being because he seemed, as far as we could tell, to be able to supersede and, and operate above any of the 10 dimensions that we understand about planet Earth. One of the most unique places of this was, was when the disciples were in a room with the doors closed and Jesus appeared inside the room. Now, I can remember the first time I ever heard that taught. Uh, it was said that he walked through the walls or he walked through one of the doors. That's not, that's not what happened. Because you see, when you... When you supersede time and space, we don't move then uh, the way we think of moving through the time-space continuum. We, we are here, and we choose to be here, and we are there without traveling through space, without going through any, any amount of time. You know, Chuck Messler talks about this. He, he talks about the fact that we live 
uh, in a digital universe. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we live in a holographic digital universe. And so when you begin to divide something, and I'm, I'm not explaining this as well as he does, but for example, if you, if you were to take a rope and cut it in half, throw that half away, cut it in half, throw that half away, cut it in half, you, you know, you, you would think you could go on and on and on and on and on cutting this in half. Well, no, when you, when anything reaches a certain size, it pretty much in a certain sense disappears and becomes a part of the entire universe. And so our finite thinking doesn't even connect to those kinds of thoughts. It doesn't even connect to this. And so, so really, we don't connect to that all things are possible. Now, I want you to understand something. Even though in the natural, because sin came to the world, we do not flow in this naturally. And the main reason we don't flow in it naturally is because of our physical body. But yet we do have examples of people uh, uh, superseding time and space. You know, in the book of Acts, you have the, the deacon Philip, where he was, he was at one place, and then bam, he was translated. And they saw him no more. And, and, and you know, he, he was here. And then suddenly he was in Africa uh, talking to an Ethiopian. We have in the Old Testament the, the account of, uh, of Enoch and Elijah who were here. And one day they were gone because they transported from here to here. And again, it, it wasn't like moving, traveling through space and time. It was like being here and then instantaneously being there. We have a lot of examples of this. By the way, let me just mention this. And if you're interested, you know, I always make an extra uh, material uh, program for all of these videos. All these videos are free. We keep them up online as long as we can for free to help you, to encourage you, and to build your faith. But for those of you who, number one, want to go deeper and learn more about implementation, I always create an audio series, but also... The, re the financial resources that come into us through these audio series is what we use to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to start Bible schools, to, to support missions work, to support outreaches and all those kinds of things. So I just want you to know, if you want to jump deeper tonight, you can, you can click on the link that's provided for you, or you can go to impactministries.com and you can go to our store, or you can look on the slider uh, on the homepage. And you can download this tonight and you can start diving deeper tonight. And I, I want you to go as deep as you want to go. And I, I want to make this where those of you who don't have the time, you can watch these videos, get everything you want to get out of it. But for those of you who do have the time and the energy, you can watch these videos and then you can also get the audio series. Now, I want to, I want to talk to you about changing your mindset to understanding how to live in this universe that is actually an interactive universe. Remember, we know scientifically what the Bible has always taught us. The Bible didn't say it in scientific words. The Bible uses archaic words to say things that are very scientific, and usually they are very, they're discounted by the scientific community, not because, not because they're not true, but because they're not using the same terminology as the scientific community. And uh, so, so I want, I want you to understand the whole concept of an interactive universe has always been present. And we understand as we started to develop our awareness of quantum physics, quantum mechanics, we start understanding that as we observe the universe, it actually changes to come into harmony with our view, with our opinion, with our expectations. 
And so we have an interactive universe where all things really, really are possible, where we can use our faith to influence the universe for God, universe, uh, influence the whole world with God. But, but I just I, I want to move you out of your finite thinking. For example, uh, one of the scriptures about faith that is so phenomenal, and remember, we're not talking about faith to get God to do something. We're just talking about a faith that enters into a place of rest and said, you know, God said this is what will happen, so this is what will happen. So, uh, you know, in Mark, the 11th chapter, it tells us to have faith in God, the King James says. Most scholars translate that to say they have the faith of God. Well, there's only one place where the faith of God is demonstrated and explained, and that is in creation. That's why creation is the first pillar of faith. And if you don't get this one right, you don't get anything else right. You get this one right, then you can move to the second pillar of faith, which is how God created man and how we rule and reign on planet Earth, or how we're supposed to rule and reign on planet Earth. And so, you know, in, in the creation, I'm going to give you a thumbnail sketch because I've covered this so many times. Uh, God conceived something. When it says that he said, let there be life, he conceived something in his heart, and he had an intention, and the intention was that when he spoke that, that it would come into, into existence and it would be in harmony with what he had conceived in his heart, but it would also be in harmony with man so that it would contribute to the quality of life of man. So everything that God did, he did by first conceiving something in his heart, having an intention, speaking that intention. And in the Hebrew, the emphasis was not on the fact that he spoke, but it was only the, the emphasis was on the fact that he spoke something that was already conceived in his heart. So then in this story and Mark 11, where we have the fig tree, uh, Jesus says, you know, I did, basically he said, I did this using the faith of God. He says, I always use the faith of God. And, and he, then he begins to go through this process where he says, believe something in your heart, speak it. And if you, know, if you believe that, that it's going to come to pass, or then it's going to come to pass. It's, it's just really that simple. Now stop and think about it. We read that. I'm, I'm cutting corners here for time. We read that and we believe it, say that if we believe it'll happen, God will do it. Didn't say God would do it. It just said, if you believe it in your heart, it will happen. So the reality of it is, I should, if I were to walk into a room, there's a chair over there that I should sit in. If I'm actually functioning the way that I was created, I would not pray for God to bring the chair to me. I would not pray for God to move the mountain. I would not pray for the circumstance to change if I'm facing a difficult circumstance. I would speak to that circumstance, and if I believed in my heart that what I said has already been provided for, then it would have to happen. So the real truth is that scripture would be saying, if you come into a room, there's a chair over there that you need, you would say, chair here, or something like that, and the chair would just come to you. Now, if you did that, I just want you to know, most people think you're working witchcraft or something, something like that, but that is the way the authority of man is supposed to work. Now, I don't have time to go in this. I hope in a, 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 one of my series real soon, I'll be talking about it. But see, we don't understand that we're going to rule and reign with Jesus, and we're going to have to know how to bind and loose and use our authority if we're going to rule in the millennium over a world that will still have lost people in it. It will still have saved people in it. It will have people of all kinds in it. But the point is, the point is this, is that when God spoke the first phase of creation, he created the he created all of the subatomic world. So everything that he created from that point on was not making something out of nothing. It was making something visible out of the invisible. 
So the, the real truth is when we are speaking faith, we are actually speaking into a realm of a subatomic uh, energy, if you will. And it's the subatomic invisible energy that is changing, whether we're getting the sick healed, whether we're moving a mountain, mountain, whether we're speaking to a situation and telling it to change, it's got to change if, in fact, we believe it will, that it should. And we're going to be talking to you more about this. We're going to be talking about our, our authority as a believer. But I want you to understand everything about this universe and us was created for the miraculous. I'll be talking to you again next week. Share this with your friends. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.